Good to have everyone here. If you would, turn your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 15. We're going to look at one of the most, I will call it one of my favorite, probably one of the most read parables that Jesus ever taught. And we're going to begin with verse 25. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he's received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in, Therefore came his father out and entreated him. And he answering said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve thee. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. And yet thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this thy son was come, which hath devoured thy living with harlots, thou killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this thy brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time you've given us to assemble, to worship you. Father, we just pray now as... Break the bread of life. You give me the words to say. Lord, I pray hearts and ears will be open to receive what you have for them through your word this morning. Father, draw us to you. May we be better servants. And Father, I don't know the hearts of those I stand before, but if there's a need, whatever it may be, especially the way the Pharisees and the Sadducees treated Everybody, You see, there wasn't no love there. There was no love at all. In fact, the Pharisees and Sadducees were above sin in their eyes. And because they were above sin and everybody else was nothing but filthy old sinners, they didn't want nothing to do with them. And I wonder this morning, how many of us have the same attitude? I'll be the first to tell you, when I saw the news and saw how they attacked Israel and all, I thought, you know what, just wipe them off the face of the earth. Eradicate them. Take them out. They don't deserve to breathe the same air I breathe. But listen to me, those folks that did that, yeah, it's, it's terrible. I can't even fathom doing something like that to a little bitty child. But understand something. Jesus on the cross of Calvary died for all mankind. Not some, but all. And if they was, if, if they were to fall on their knees, one of those that had did that to one of those children, and repent and say, God, I have sinned against you and against heaven. I know I did this awful thing. Will you please forgive me and cleanse me with your blood? The Lord would forgive. 
Now, listen. That doesn't let them off the hook. They're still accountable for their actions. They will pay. They will pay. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. But, to get back to what I'm saying, my question to begin. How many of us, we've heard this story. We know about the prodigal son. Well, this morning I want to talk about the prodigal elder brother. How many of us can identify with the elder brother? I can. My attitude's been pretty sorry sometimes. I thought I was better. So let's begin. And by the way, we do expository preaching here. You know what expository preaching is? You read word for word and you preach from that verse. And you just go down. You keep everything in context. So that's what we're going to do here. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came, he drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. First of all, the elder son. Understand, the prodigal son, the younger of the two, you know the story how he went to his father and he said, give me mine inheritance. And what did the father do? He gave him his inheritance. And what did the prodigal son do? went into the world and had a grand old time and he spent all of his inheritance and ended up in a hog pen, right? But the good thing is he did arise and come to a sense and says, I'll go back to my father. But that's not the story here. We have the elder brother. The elder brother is the older one. And because he's the older one, the inheritance, much more the inheritance. In fact, two-thirds of the inheritance of the father goes to him. Now, he's in the field working. But he has got the inheritance. What's left is all his. But yet, he's in the field and he's working thinking, I'm good with the father. Until he gets back to the house. There's a party going on at the house. And they didn't notify him. How dare them. How can they have a party without. Let me know. After all I'm the one. That's here in the field. I'm the one dad that's been doing everything you said. As we look at him. We pat him on the back and say. He's a good son. Who wouldn't want a son like that. That obeyed. But. Here is the problem with the elder brother, the prodigal brother. Was he doing it out of love and respect for the father? Or was he doing it for the inheritance? I'll put it in our terms, layman's terms. Why do we serve the Father? Do we do it because we love Him? Or do we do it because we have our fire insurance, our get out of hell free card, and it's just something to do? Think about that. Now, listen to me. 
Here he is. He's in the field. The picture looks great that he's just right. He's, he's doing what an obedient son does. He doesn't give the father any trouble. He doesn't hurt the family name. He's a good son. But you know, appearances can be deceptive. There's lots of folks that come every time the doors are open. There's lots of folks that even teach a Sunday school class. They may even preach the gospel. And they might appear that they are, oh, that's a great servant of God. That's a great Christian. But just because it appears they are, that doesn't make it so. You see, if you ever witnessed anyone, anybody that you go up to and you ask them, are you a Christian? 99 out of 100 times, oh, yes. I'm a Christian, but can I tell you something? Just because you call yourself a Christian, that doesn't make you a Christian any more than if you slept in a garage, you were a car. <laughs> Amen? If you climbed a tree, you became a squirrel. You see what I'm trying to say here? I know, that's some of my old country stuff. But understand, he's in the field, and he comes out of the field, and he begins to hear music playing. And the Bible says he not only heard it, he saw people dancing. You mean Baptist dance? At home. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't going to Studio 54. Amen. If you want to dance with your wife at home, it's okay. But when you go out to other places with other people, that's when there's an issue. That's right. yeah. But it's okay to dance with your wife if you want to. But we ain't going to dance in church. We're not going to dance at church camp. We're not going to dance anywhere but in the privacy of our own home. It's permitted. He hears it. And now we get to see what his problem was. One, I'm sure it bothered him. The inheritance, all that his father had was his. How much is this thing costing me? I wonder how many times we've asked that. What's it going to cost me? Well, whatever the cost, it's nothing compared to what it costs God to give his only begotten son to die for our sins. Secondly, he comes in and he's got this bad attitude. You see, he was the top type of person that had to have everything a certain way. He had to be in charge. You ever known anybody like that? I've known a lot of employers like that, bosses. But what about the church? You say, 
No, we don't have no bosses. No, but we got lots of chiefs. And the sad thing is too many and not enough Indians. They have to be in charge. They have to be leading the way. Hey, where's my party? What did he say? Dad, you never gave me a party and I've been here this whole time serving you. But yet you let that little brother of ours, that harlot chaser come in and what do you do? You throw him a big blowout. No, I won't go into the house. But the problem is he needed to come to the house. I try to tell my brothers and sisters every time I show up here at church, come to the house. That's where God gets his glory. In the house. Don't stay out of the house. And I'll get in trouble. Lots of folks look for an excuse to stay out of the house. He comes. And he hears music. He sees dancing. And he asks one of the servants, what's the deal? What's going on? Oh, your brother's come home. And your father is throwing a celebration. <laughs> that sorry rat. If you really want to know another problem he had, not only was it pride, and by the way, pride hurts a church. Listen to me. If you want to stop the blessing of God, just get arrogant and prideful. It'll stop God's blessing just that quick. But not only that, did he have pride. If you want the truth, I believe he had a longing to do the same thing his little brother did, but didn't have enough guts to do it. I think in his heart, he wished he would have had the gumption to get his inheritance and go out and live in the world. Now, before we throw rocks at him, understand how many of us are like the elder brother, have a longing to go back to Egypt, the world. If you're truly a child of God, listen, yes, you might have a temptation. You might have a desire, but you won't because you know where your place is. And you don't want to upset the Lord. But there's people that long. And I'm talking about Baptists. That long for the things of the world. You say, well preacher, what about you? There's times I have to ask God to help me. Not put something in front of me doing what he's called me to do. Every November, we have deer season back home. Folks, I used to live in the woods deer season. And I have a longing to go back to the woods sometimes. It's deer season. But I can't. And God showed me when I moved here. Because I tried for three straight years to get a tag. Guess what? 
Nothing. It finally dawned on me. God said, no, you ain't here to hunt. You're here to share the word. And I stopped trying. But November come around and I know all my old buddies and some of them are preachers that will either take their vacation around deer season or they'll just, I'm getting someone to speak and I'm going deer hunting. I won't do that or I wouldn't do that if I was back there because I'd be afraid I'd fall out of the stand. I would shoot myself or somebody would shoot me. I'm serious. God don't play. It's serious business. Serving him is the most important and most vital thing we'll do in this life. Now here is the elder brother, the prodigal elder brother. He's told they're having a celebration. He won't come. And I'm sure the servant went into the house and he pretty much said, uh, Sir, your son's out there, but he won't come in. What do you mean he won't come in? He won't come in. Okay, okay, that's all right. Thank you for letting me know. And the Bible says that the father immediately went out to his son. And he entreated him. In other words, what does it mean to entreat someone? Persuade, thank you. Come on in. You're missing a good time. Don't you understand, son? Your baby brother that was lost is now found. Your baby brother that was once dead, he's alive, son. We have something to celebrate. And by the way, it's meat that we have this party. And that word meat means necessary. That we celebrate when someone comes home. It's necessary. And here's the sign. I'll not do it. Nope. Not me. Here you're making such a fuss. All he ever did was Scourge our name, run around with harlots, waste everything that you worked all your life to provide for him, and yet you want to throw him a party? No, I don't think I will. How many of us have been there? How many of us won't go to the house because there's somebody we don't like? How many of us won't go into the house because we just don't think they can do it as good as we can? How many of us sometimes think that I tell you what, if it wasn't for me, God couldn't get nothing accomplished. For your information, God don't need any of us to accomplish his will. He don't need me, he don't need you. Listen, he could raise up stones out there to glorify him. They'll speak his praises. Nope. Dad, nope, I'm not going to do it. 
listen, I'm sure the father said, listen, everything I have, it's yours. There, listen, I love you and I love your little brother. I love you both. And again, yes, you had been responsible. And yes, you hadn't given me any trouble. But listen. You need to understand. This is something we need to do. To celebrate. And of course the Bible says he was angry. And you know, he was judgmental if think about it. You know, he was saying, yeah, he spent all of his money on harlots. First of all, how, do, how does he know that? He wasn't there. Did he see him do that? Of course he did. But that's judging. That's what we're told not to do. But secondly, <laughs> the elder brother is just as bad as shaming what this little brother did to the family name because he's arguing in front of the servants and the guests. That was a sign of total disrespect. Anybody here ever been disrespectful with God? You say, well, how can I be disrespectful? I'll tell you how. God ever led you to do something, you say, nope, ain't gonna do it. You're literally telling God, I'm not going to do what you want me to do. I will just say, you ain't very bright. Because God can make you do things you don't want to do. A lot worse than if he just asked you and you did it. I've been there. I've told you this story. I took a church that I had no business taking and God whipped me. That was... One thing I will say about me. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer, but when God teaches me a lesson, I learn the lesson. He don't have to teach me two or three times. Now that, I, that might be because the way I was raised, my father was a no-nonsense. If he told you once, that's all you got. I said, get up. I'll get around to it. Next thing I know, I'm just yanked out of the bed. Get your clothes on, we're going to cut wood. No, I don't want to cut wood. Shut up. Get in the truck. Uh, but it was that away. And my father was a very strict disciplinarian. And what I mean by that is, if he had to correct you, which in my case, that was a quite frequently. It wasn't stand right here and let me take a switch and tap you on the bottom side. No, he started at the nap of the neck all the way down to your heels. He just well you. And of course being young and silly I used to run around him as he helped. That was dumb because that made him whip me that much more. You know, again I said I was slow. But understand I knew one thing never to disrespect him in front of someone. Here is the elder son that's angry and said, I won't come in. You did this, you did that. Why you? You don't do that. But here is a picture of God in the Father. 
The father could have chastised him. The father could have laid it out there like the cow ate the cabbage. But no, he just reached out and said, Son, don't you understand? He was lost. He's found. He's dead, but now he's alive. Don't you understand? And isn't it that the way God is with us, the Father? Even when we're away from him, we have sin in our life. And we know that we're not where we're supposed to be in our walk. We're out of his will. God just comes out. He doesn't chastise us. He doesn't beat us. He just says, hey, come back to me. Come back to me. I'm here. What a father. What a father. Now, this isn't the end of the story. In fact, if you'll notice, there's not an ending to this parable. Y'all ever thought about that? It's called an open-ended story or parable. We don't know if the elder brother went in or not, Brother Ciro. He leaves it open. I would like to think for me that the elder brother finally woke up and said, there's a party going on in the house. There's a celebration. My baby brother is home again. I'm going to celebrate. But it doesn't say he did. He may have decided to be a stick in the mud. He may have decided, y'all come in. Welcome. Good morning. He may have decided that, you know what? No. I'm through with this. But he wouldn't hurt nobody but himself. Understand, we don't hurt anyone but ourselves when we aren't doing the will of God in our lives. He was pouting. Oh, poor me. Look at all I've done. I don't get no slaps on the back. Can I tell you something? I know we all want to be approved by people and we want people to encourage us and as a pastor especially, I, I'm needy. I need encouragement. But listen to me. The only one that we need to look to for encouragement, the only one we need to look to for being patted on the back is the Lord. As long as you have His approval, that's all that matters. There are folks out there that have the attitude that if I don't do it, it won't get done right. Where does God get His glory? In the church. So, that lets me know if He gets His glory in the church... Everything that anybody does in the church will glorify him. Doesn't matter who it is, he's going to get the glory. And by the way, he should always get the glory. But it doesn't say anywhere in the Word of God that we believers are to receive glory. He 
deserves and he gets it all. Now, having a party. Son, come on in the house. Let's make merry. We've got the fatted calf. Listen, they were Baptists. They had the fatted calf. They liked that beef. I like that beef myself. That's my problem. And pork. Fish. Catfish. I like it all. Squirrel. Rabbit. Raccoon. Now I do draw the line when it comes to possum. I have had possum once in my life and that was enough. That is the greasiest piece of meat you'll ever have. It puts a film on the roof of your mouth that you can't get rid of. You're sitting there going, it's just there. But my point is this. Everything that God provides, we are to be thankful for. And you know what? He's provided a whole lot, if you think about it, to all of us. We're here this morning. Some of us may be sick, may not feel good. We may have issues at home. We may have issues on the job or at school. We may have issues with one another. But understand, it's still good. Why? Because the Lord is a good God. God is a good God. Whether you're aware of it or not, we all fill out a page every day of how and what we're going to do in life. Every day, there's a new page. You ever stop to think about that? My question this morning is what are you jotting down? on that page today. Again, are you the elder brother? Are you going to stay out of the house and the celebration? Or are you going to jump right in and party with the best of them? And by the way, and I'll shut up, you don't have to have alcohol to have a party. You don't have to have drugs to have a party. Listen, best time I've ever had is when it's just me and God alone. We sung the song the choir in the garden. What a place to be alone with God. And this is just for me, but I hope you also. I want to be in the house where God is. How about you? I don't want to be outside the house. There may be some of you this morning that are outside the house. You've never received Jesus as your personal Savior. Oh, you've kind of went through the motions and oh, you've dressed up and you've called yourself a Christian, but you've never been born again. You say, well, how do you know if you're really saved? Oh, believe me. If you're saved, you'll know it. 
Because he changes everything. Your thoughts and desires. He places his Holy Spirit in you. And when you get too close to a line you're not supposed to, the Holy Spirit will just slap you and say, uh-uh. Yes, thank you very much. Although, spitting out teeth. Here's the deal. You are to make sure you're in the house. The Bible says, prove yourselves whether you be in the faith. Are you in the faith? Have you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone? See, that's the thing. You can call yourself whatever you want to. But if you don't know the Savior, what good is it? What a waste of life. There's many out there, and I'll sh shut up, I promise. There's many out there that have a knowledge about Jesus. Like a lot of people have a knowledge that Abraham Lincoln was the president. Abraham Lincoln led this nation in the bloody time of the Civil War. They have a knowledge about what and who he was, but they don't know him personally. It's the same thing with Jesus. There's many that know about Jesus. I don't know how anybody in this world has not heard about Jesus. But there's a difference in knowing about and knowing. There's a difference about standing outside the house and being in the house. Are you in the house this morning? That's the question. Don't be like this prodigal elder brother. When you look at it, it's the same thing. He was no different than his little brother. They both weren't right with the Father. Be right with the Father. Be right with each other. And come in the house. <laughs> this is where the party's at. Amen. In the house. I feel sorry for those that don't want anything to do with the Lord or His house. This is the greatest life there is. This is living. I remember when, before I got saved, I existed. I didn't live. I existed. But since coming to Jesus, I'm alive. I'm alive. I have life. And I wouldn't give anything this world has to offer for what Jesus gave me. I hope you can say the same. Would you stand with me, please? Father, simple message, but Lord, to the point. Lord, help us to be right with you. Help us not to be as this elder brother with attitude and anger, pridefulness. Help us, Father, stay in our place. And to stay in the house, Lord. 
and to come and rejoice over someone that was lost but is now found. Someone that was dead spiritually but now is made alive. Father, help us to be as all of those in heaven that rejoice over one soul that repents and comes to Jesus. So Father, deal with hearts. Bless the invitation. May your will be done. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.